This is Damon Albarn, and you're listening to Hallelujah Monkeys, the number one gorillas podcast in the world. Creepy ghouls and spiders, welcome to a halloween mummy spooktacular! The Hallelujah Monkeys Halloween extravaganza. I, of course, am Villain Flynn. And I am <laughs> Trevor Ickrath. He's still just Trevor. <laughs> I'm spooky all the time. I don't need, I don't, like, my name should already be synonymous with terror and hauntedness and ghosts and <laughs> you go from door to door as yourself and then they're like what are you dressed as little boy and you're like you you want to know my secret i'm always scary <laughs> why and why are they calling me little boy <laughs> well you're you're you have cherub like qualities like underneath the adult man exterior <laughs> are you doing anything for halloween what's up with you no we'll put you know we'll have candy ready for the for the neighborhood boys and girls uh i don't have any costumes now i'm too busy putting my house together i just didn't think about it this year what about you i dyed my hair black that's pretty cool that's pretty halloweeny right yeah Yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna get it all cut off soon so i thought why not go full goth while i still have the chance we're uh we're gonna do it all different because this is the halloween special so this time instead of normal we're gonna tell you the week in gorillas news and then review an album afterwards it's gonna be very different Right, right, from what we usually do, which is talk about Oasis. Yeah, that's what this is, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, should we? Let's talk about the news. The good news now. Trevor, what's, what is spookier than the ongoing conflict in the Middle East? Please tell me. Gorillas went there. They played in Dubai this, uh, what was it, three or four days ago as we're recording this? They did all the things you might want to see from a, a, a Middle Eastern gorilla's appearance. Faya Yunan was there to do her version of Busted in Blue. You had a, Did they bring out White Flag? I didn't look at this set list. They didn't do White Flag, unfortunately, with the, with the Syrian orchestra. That would have been cool. Guys, what are you doing? Come on. But they did have uh, Aslam and Malika, who I think were on that version of White Flag, did their own version of Clint Eastwood, which is cool. Let's let's just get a, can we get like a 10 minute version of Clint Eastwood where everybody just jumps on it? I think that'd be a lot of fun. That'd be really sick, right? Any MCs who are on tour, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess here and then also at that last North American date, which I think was in Austin, they've, they've kind of pushed aside the old reliable Don't Get Lost in Heaven Demon Days closer and they're like trying out this plastic beach closer. Wait, did they not play the first two at all? They didn't play Don't Get Lost in Heaven Demon Days in the last two gigs. And they closed with Plastic Beach. Interesting, right? Yeah, that doesn't... What do you think of that? I'm. I feel like I'm. No, don't do that. I love plastic. I love plastic beach. I, I love plastic beach. It's a great song. It'd be really exciting for them to bust that out, even as like the first song in an encore, for example. But I think. Or that, how about how about like the main set closer, or like you know sure. somewhere around there, like. But closing the entire set with it is a weird move. Yeah, if you got the humans with you, you got to do. Don't get lost in heaven. Demon days, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean. Maybe closing the entire show with Plastic Beach would have been cool on like the Plastic Beach tour. Maybe. <laughs> but here it feels like a weird top off to something that 
is not about plastic beach. No, no. And maybe what I'd hate to see, Trevor, is for them to correct this error by stopping playing plastic beach. Just move it somewhere else. else. Just put it somewhere else. Anyway, they're off to the races. They're going to be hitting Europe and all kinds of stuff, uh, festivals and whatnot. So we'll keep an eye on them as that continues. Um, Can't wait to see what happens to the set list. What do you think? Do you think we'll, you think I'm sure that we'll like continue to get some cool stuff, right? They're going to keep pouring out weird, weird cuts. I am. I, here are some predictions that I have for, for the European leg of this i think we might get a little rag and bone man appearance Ooh, that could be fun some apprentice could be could be chill and then i bet you yeah. ben, good old benjamin clementine's coming back into the fold for some live please i'm sweet. so bummed we didn't get to see hallelujah monkey's live no nope. hallelujah money's there live you go. hallelujah money <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible to say that song correctly anymore yeah for sure we've ruined it we've ruined that song for itself forever <laughs> <laughs> but Ben Clem, I hope he I hope he comes back into the fold. That'd be cool. Yeah. Way to go on his new album, by the way. How about how about uh the select group of us who all know that Humans is the best album of the year, Trevor? The the There are the, there are there are dozens of us. The tightly knit group. <laughs> it, and you know what? We can we can open uh the clubhouse to yet another because the Q Awards have just named Humans album of the year, Trevor. Q Awards? Welcome to the resistance. Excellent. Excellent. They beat out Kendrick Lamar's Damn. They beat out that new album from the XX. Oh, wow. That new album by the XX. That really was one of the greatest records of the year. <laughs> well, in, in the UK, I think it sold really big. They're really big over there, right? Yeah, that's like they're, they they never got over it. You know how we were all into the XX yeah. for 15 minutes? It just never yeah. stopped that over That first there. album was good. Remember when Gorillaz covered the XX in Phase 3? It was Phase beautiful. Three? It was beautiful. Yeah. I forget that ever happened there. That was with Daly, too. That was yeah, when he was... Sure. Rolling with the crew. Speaking of a uh, rag and bone man, though. Oh yeah, that's right. He won uh, breakthrough performance at the Q Awards. Good for him, right? Way to go! I've never listened to any of his stuff, but apparently, according to the Q Awards, it's pretty good. I gotta tell you, I'm worried about this rag and bone man fellow. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to to mess anybody's hair up here, but like, he, his solo stuff, Trevor, is very much like a white man blues kind of a thing. He's like doing it. Uh. Doing a throwback, you know, this is what the blues sounds like, which is a little bit whatever. He's got a very, he's got a very, you know, rich voice, so he can kind of carry it. But then he started tweeting a couple of weeks ago, Trevor, where he's like, "My next album is a rap album." Well, 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 you know, it's <laughs> so, not, it's not like we run a podcast about white artists making music that's traditionally made by black artists or anything, true, right? That's true. Right? Let's right? let's let's give the man the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he'll be great. Yeah. Last thing on the Q Awards is that. Uh, they have their they have their version of like the Lifetime Achievement Award or something the Q Icon honorific the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as according to Q who they induct this year <laughs> Liam Gallagher Gorilla's antagonist Liam Gallagher yeah 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 the- I hope Murdoch Nichols dies of AIDS or whatever. <laughs> He was like starting some tweet fires against gorillas early this year. Oh, I love his social media presence, dude. His tweets are always on fire. He's every just, silly every man. interview he does is great. He's a every very silly interview goose. he does. Go look up some Liam Gallagher interviews. You know, unless unless you find that kind of thing annoying. <laughs> no, trust me, they're all good. He's very silly. You know, I've been missing the near constant week to week news stories, Trevor, about new corporate sponsors entering the gorillas family i thought maybe we were done i thought maybe phase four had had really petered out on that front maybe they'd finished lining their pockets and were ready to you know stop doing these deals with the devil right but now we're right we're right back to the golden age because uh this week gorilla social media was all uh, all a flutter 
about their brand new partnership with none other than Urban Outfitters. Who are, uh, kind of have a reputation uh, these days for kind of stealing artwork from other artists and not fully compensating them, right? <laughs> yeah, that's their whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> At least Jamie's getting a paycheck, though, right? Yeah, that's the idea. Is If they were going to ape these characters anyway, he might as well get a check cut to him so ape 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 these characters get it? very nice get it? very nice so we got what, what, what do we have we have like four t-shirts yeah in the in is it the humans colors vaguely no there's no green no no but you've got like a noodle a russell a 2d and a murdoch it's the it's the same uh, murdoch that we quote unquote urban outfitters for our logo which is yeah which is like uh, i'm so just a little peeved by this because you got a red shirt a blue shirt a pink shirt and a yellow shirt Murdoch's in the yellow shirt. If he was on that pink shirt, you would almost have some Hallelujah Monkeys merch. Like, come on. Yeah, I know. We got to make t-shirts. But these look nice. They look like Urban Outfitters shirts, you know, like the the kind of solid color, pretty soft, but doesn't hold up to a bunch of washes kind of t-shirts that they're always selling. If that Murdoch one was at the show at the forum, I would have gotten it in like a heartbeat. For sure. For sure. They're they're nice, big screen printy designs and they look, they look good. There's hats and accessories on their way, apparently. Might go, might go pick one of these up. Sure. Welcome to the family Urban Outfitters, right? Yeah, yeah. Can't be worse than Red Bull. Nothing's worse than Red Bull. Arguably, Rockstar and Monster are worse than Red Bull. <laughs> Just in flavor profile. I tend to stay away from energy drinks. So, I guess imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, Trevor, and you and me have decided to, to take on our own kind of corporate partnership here on Hallelujah Monkeys. Or at least participate in some good old-fashioned brand synergy. <laughs> Absolutely. We've, we've long bestowed virtue on the fan project log versus gorillas our, our good friend jack and his uh his now what 15 year long project something like that i think so he makes some good remixes some good mashups he's a he's a great artist he's an amazing artist a regular regular danger mouse when it comes to taking some parts of some songs some parts of other songs and putting them together make songs that you recognize but are also fresh and exciting earlier this year we we talked a lot about apocalypse after party his kind of like humans themed project that he put out both gave it a big thumbs up there are probably six tracks on that record that i say blow every other like officially sanctioned phase four remix out of the water like oh yeah i mean i would love i would much sooner buy like a physical copy of one of his remix remix comps than like decides disc two. Oh fuck yeah for sure for sure and i'm very excited to announce that his little follow-up like ep length collection like a coda if you will the 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 after party to the after party which i think he's calling alternate after party log ass versus gorillas is going to be premiering week to week on this very podcast how fun and exciting we're going to be serializing it yeah for sure so what you do is stay tuned after the show you know we always play like our little outro music stay tuned after that and once that little outro is over you'll hear a brand new track called the terminal from uh, log s versus gorillas very exciting yeah this one was really cool i listened to it right before the show and i was very impressed it's got it's got heavy vibes heavy vibes a lot of vibes it's a vibey track vibey as fuck i'm very excited about that i'm very excited to be bringing you new music from one of my genuinely one of my favorite artists uh, of the year yeah i can't wait to see what he keeps turning in week after week so exciting we'll we'll discover it along with you and if you if you want to uh shout out log s versus gorillas you can certainly go to his uh, his youtube page i believe of the same name or just you know youtube apocalypse after party you can always leave him a comment he's good about interacting with his uh, his listeners too so 
Easy to track down. Easy to track down, Trevor. Go check that stuff out. Listen, listen, Trevor. Dylan. If you were an anthropomorphic mouse, like a mouse with the proportions of a human, and uh, you wanted to get ready to go trick-or-treating, what's something that you might do? Well, well, you know, if you're if you're gonna go uh, if you're gonna go trick or treating, you know, you're gonna you're gonna need a costume, right? Sure, sure. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Yeah, some would argue is the most important part of any costume. A costume is all about you know, kind of becoming something else and concealing your true identity. And you know the best way to uh, you know the best thing to use to conceal your identity? What's that? A mask. Oh, mask and a mask. Let's get into the round table. <laughs> Hey yo, I know this dude, right? Carl, he wore tight blue sweats, but wasn't glued too tight. All he had upstairs was a crude light. You think that's weird? He lived next door to a food fight. Howdy, danger, much obliged for the beat guard, even though you still eat lard by the meat wad. We did it, Trevor! We connected it to Halloween! <laughs> like we did with our Deltron review, I want to start this one off with a little story that may seem a little familiar, but is also a little different. Okay, sure. Alright, so I want to take you back to 2005, alright? Sure. Our boy, Damon Auburn, he gets off a plane landed landed in England he's just been away in China I'm not gonna bore you with the deal to eat with uh, with the details of the trip but there's a train ride involved he gets off the plane in England gets in a cab where's it take him suburbia no not quite <laughs> takes him to a flat owned by none other than Jamie Hewlett Damon Albert walks in the door probably takes off his hat and he looks at Jamie and goes hey you know what sucks and Jamie looks up at him from the couch. He probably hasn't moved since, I guess, probably like phase one has ended, I imagine. He looks up <laughs> at him from the couch. He's probably been like, I don't know, jerking off or something. He's like, what? And Damon looks at him and goes, everything. Let's make a record about it. <laughs> now, at the same time. Uh-huh. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, across that, that little, that big old puddle that some <laughs> like to call the Atlantic Ocean. Right. Over in uh, probably what, New York or something. No. Doom was in, okay, two guys are in an apartment, not really, but we're going to frame it that way. And they're, they're watching TV, much in the same way that Damon and Jamie were watching TV when they came up with the idea for gorillas. What right? are they watching, Trevor? What so are they watching? So they're flipping around, and eventually they land on this, this, little, this little programming block that Cartoon Network has put together, kind of focused <laughs> on, like, you know, more adult humor. Uh-huh. It's called Adult Swim. Sure. And they're watching, and they, and they look at each other, and they go, this is awesome. Let's make a record about this. <laughs> I guess that's how it had to have happened, right? It, how did this happen? I have no idea like how this album came into existence. It's so weird. Why is it? It's a very, I love it. I do love it. I love it. But it's 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 inscrutable. The, the it's I mean so that's the only weird. story that kind of makes any sense, right? Was it com- was it commissioned by Adult Swim? It must have been, right? They must have been like we want to we want to make an album. Let's find some people who will do this for us. So there Pitchfork had like a feature about the the like music director of Adult Swim recently about like why does Adult Swim put out so much good hip hop music and it was like because of this guy and then I guess is like half of the story he is listed in the credits as an executive producer on this record I can't remember his name okay we'll get into it but like commission only doesn't explain everything because <laughs> it's so weird they, there's like references on this thing so deep that clearly. MF Doom was like, I want to write an album about these cartoons that I like. Because he's like, he's hitting deep level lore on these fucking shows. He's clearly really into some of them, and he goes to some deep places, I agree. Yeah, for sure. 
So first, let's I guess let's talk about more what this album is. It's an album-length collaboration between MF Doom, who yeah. raps on November Has Come, right, and Danger Mouse, who produced Demon Days yes, in its exactly. entirety. And, and I believe that there was some speculation that the verses on November Has Come might have actually been from the same like writing uh, sessions as this as this this album, which like interesting thematically minus there not being any cartoon references on that song. November has come. There's definitely a lot of links uh, between the lyrics of November has come and some of the lyrics on this record. So that would not surprise me if that speculation turned out to be true. Right. And to explain further, it's not just an album by these two dudes. It's an album centered around references to and appearances by um, characters from adult swim. Yes. Cartoon networks like, uh, late night block of kind of more adult centric cartoons, which is now, I guess probably best known as where you watch Rick and Morty, right? That's what, what adult swim is best known for now. I guess so. Right. That's one of their big ones. What else is on? I don't even know, man, because I I don't pay attention as close of attention as I did when I was a weed smoking high school senior. Like that was right. the, the, uh, The adult swim that this album is about was the adult swim like of my youth, you know, like this was when I was really paying attention to it, when it was like the weirdest shit on television, the shows that were being made on this network were not, not governed by what did and didn't make money, but instead were like governed by Mike Lazo, the, the program director of adult swim and what he thought was funny. And he had a weird ass sense of humor. And it made this, like it made for this weirdly curated, like non-commercial television block at that time right a lot of it was built around recycled animation from old like Hanna-Barbera cartoons from the 70s like the one show that was on Adult Swim and is still kind of synonymous with it for me was um the first one was Space Ghost Coast Coast absolutely which actually predates Adult Swim yeah Adult Swim kind of grew out of it yeah serve as the launching point for a couple other franchises sometimes like literally but what that show basically was, was like um, a bunch of old animations recycled from the Space Ghost cartoons in the 60s or 70s or wherever, mm-hmm. with different voice acting, putting the characters into a different scenario, like taking the superhero and giving him this talk show where he would talk to actual like celebrities. And like, usually like cool Gen Xer, like off the beat. Yeah, Beck was ones. on it. Yeah. Tom York was on it. Bjork was on it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think those three might have all been on the same episode, actually. <laughs> Pavement did a really great guest appearance Pavement as the house band. Yeah, definitely. They appeared as the Beatles, which was great. That <laughs> was one of my favorite guest appearances. But like, I was really, really into Space Ghost. Absolutely. Like, it was very like informative of so much of my sense of humor. I was a 17, 18-year-old stoner who just watched a lot of Aqua Teen Hunger for us. I mean, it was 2005, 2006. This was just like right in my sweet spot for sure. And I had just gotten into Mad Villain back in 2004. And then like that, that album that he, we should say like last week we looked at the defining release from Del the Funky Homo Sapien and Dan the Automator. Not necessarily so with MF Doom, like MF Doom does have like a, a Sergeant Peppers, if you will, uh, in the form of, of Mad Villainy, the album that he made with Mad Lib. Um, but I still think that that Danger Doom, even outside of the context of all these gorillas connections, is a fascinating thing to look at. It's a it's a time capsule. It's also really good. <laughs> so you know, this is my favorite MF Doom record. Oh, I think Mad Villainy. Mad Villainy's better. like I recognize Mad Villainy as like you know the definitive Doom work. But this is like I love how candid this is for him. It's real, like, cartoony Doom, just him having fun. It's not really as dark as some of his other stuff kind of, tech like, typically becomes. True. 
but definitely not as dark as Mad Villainy is. It's it's closer in tone to another record he did called M Food, and in fact, M Food has a couple of direct references on this record as well. Yeah, it gets a lot of shouts out. Okay, should we just is it are we have we explained this enough to get our adjectives out of the way? <laughs> or is there still more that so. we have to say? I think we have. What are, what are your three words? Okay, I picked. Uh, I stand by all of these, and I think all of these are complimentary, even though they might not seem so. Okay. Uh, slick and curmudgeonly and okay. ridiculous. Those are my three words. <laughs> sure. My three are singular uh, for reasons we've talked about. Right. Mischievous uh-huh. and obtuse. And obtuse. We should say. I think we both had pretty pretty parallel experiences like this was an exhausting week for me i think when you when you listen to this album and you're like letting it wash over you it's a very different experience than when you're like granularly going line by line through it and when you pull up genius yeah and literally there are line by line annotations and you're like okay let's spend 20 minutes (laughs) reading about what he's talking about here sometimes you get to the end of the song and it's taking you 15 minutes and you feel like what the fuck is this song about (laughs) sometimes you get like sometimes you you're reading about track one and you've gotten to track seven on the album and then you realize oh he's just trying to get an action figure of himself maybe <laughs> so i decided the, the the payoff of that that kind of mind-numbing work for me trevor was that i've done my best on each of these songs to say either what i think or what i know that song is about right and really mf doom songs frequently come down to like only two things one mf doom is a super villain sure and two every other rapper in the game is weak yeah that, that's the thing is if you actually i almost feel like the focus on the the sorry state of modern rap music on this uh, on this album is like pretty acute. It's pretty tightly focused on that. If you were to like remove every cartoon reference from this album, I mean, first of all, it would be fifteen minutes long. But right, second, it would also kind of still be a concept album. He really does focus in on like what sucks about modern rap and why all the modern rappers are posers and phonies, essentially. What better comparison for a whack rap scene than a bunch of cartoons, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It works pretty well as a concept album. It really Speaking does. of concept albums, though, I want to I want to start us off with a dis- uh, discussion question here, all right? Yep. This album, you know, isn't dissimilar to the one we talked about last week, Deltron 3030. There's parallels, for sure. They're both conceptual albums made by a producer in it and an MC, and they're both extremely hard sells, I think. I agree. One is is a sci-fi (laughs) hip-hop opera, and the other is, like, neck-deep in Adult Swim references and, like, little skits featuring the characters. Yeah, absolutely. Which one do you think is a harder sell? Probably this one, especially, like, in this day and age, I think this one for sure. Like, the the third word that I almost landed on before I I settled for ridiculous was, like, whack. I think there's a... (laughs) I think there's a willful whackness to the concept of this, where it's kind of like, over and over again, he criticizes kind of the machismo posturing that has become indelible from from rap music, at least in 2005. You know, like, I mean, you could you can you could almost interpret him comparing himself to a super villain as his own way of lampooning that. Like, absolutely, you know, all these other guys are saying they're gangsters. I am just a straight up super villain. And having all of these ridiculous, you know, stoner cartoons gets on it. I think is it flies in the face of that too. I think I think. He's also saying like this might seem whack to you, but you guys are the whack one. There's a there's kind of a I feel I feel like there's a through line there, and that's kind of what it is, you know. And another thing I think these two albums have in common is that I can't 
imagine another MC who'd be able to deliver this as well. No, or it would be terrible. Yeah. Like, there's a version of this album I can imagine that features, like, MC Chris or even, even like... Wale or something, and that version of the album is awful. Like, yeah, didn't Wale do like a mixtape about like Seinfeld or yeah, something? Yeah, for sure, he did. Yeah, not quite the same thing, but like, yeah, Doom pulls it off with it with the right amount of goofy and and the the right amount of straight face. You know, it's way better than it has any right to be. Oh, for sure, it's better in a way that's going to be so hard for us to articulate as we discuss these songs. <laughs> <laughs> right, so let's get into the songs, starting with El Chupanibre. Okay, I think I know what this song's about. Uh, yeah, I mean, this one's pretty straightforward. I think it's I think it's about how Doom doesn't need a crew. I think it's about how Doom can do bad all by himself. He doesn't need you, essentially. Yeah, this is kind of like a straightforward introduction to MF Doom. He comes right out the gate saying that he, he's the super flow with more jokes than Bazooka Joe. A mix between Superfly, Snooka, and a super how. Yep, my favorite bit is he, he kind of like takes on the voice of his own detractor where he's like, I really love your tape, but, but I, I hate, hate your, your inventions. inventions. Yeah. He's like, very well, what you want, a brownie? So good. Also, the line after that where he's like, he took off the mask and whispered, put me where you found me. That's great. That's really good. <laughs> That's I like, I like again, right out the gate, Chua MC, like El Chupa Nibre, which is a monster from Futurama yeah. based on El Chupacabre. <laughs> right. Digest a group and sell the poop on eBay. There's a, You know, this is one of, I think, like four separate instances on this album where he mentions literally cannibalizing other rappers and rappers. Yeah. He's a supervillain. And then he goes into this whole little bit where he talks about his history in this uh, rap group, Monster Island Czars, yeah. which he refers to as midgets in the crunk. Yeah. Right. He, MF Doom has this long history with this other rapper called MF Grimm. They were in a rap group together and they split over like creative differences. And then they like became friends again and then they started fighting again. And then they became like, it was a real on and off thing. Is he dead no MF Grimm? no he okay. is he's paralyzed from the waist down right i thought he might have been dead too. no he went to prison for a little while he came out uh because of this song and because of the whole midgets and the crunk thing mf Grimm recorded an anti-doom diss song right what was it called it's called the book of daniel and it's awful it is not good at all mf Grimm, in general is a terrible <laughs> rapper yeah my favorite slash the worst lyric on on the book of daniel trevor is he goes uh, something you might not know, but before Daniel Dumoulay took on the MF Doom persona and put the mask on, he went by Zev Love X. That was his like right. old moniker. And here's the line from the book of Daniel that is like so bad, I have to share it with you. He goes, Zev Love X used to be Mary. The mask took control of you like Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah, the song's kind of about uh, Doom being like a sellout or something, right? Well, it, the beef goes a little deeper, so I guess... What MF Grimm alleges is that Doom owed him money and then Doom went to jail and then once he got out of jail, he like disappeared into Atlanta so that he wouldn't have to pay MF Grimm his money back. He said that to some newspapers and then Doom got super fucking angry because Doom is all about his privacy. It's very hard to get like details of Doom's life, right? I think he lives on a private island now like an actual supervillain. Yes, exactly. His life has slowly become more and more comic book-like. He has a secret layer. It's a complicated relationship between two old friends, two former colleagues. I just think it's fascinating A, that somebody would write a diss track about MF Doom because he's like such a weirdo <laughs> in general, you know? Right. And also like this whole this whole section of El Chupanibre that he that he kind of goes after the MIC on 
again, is so obtuse that, like, right. you have to pick it apart with a fine-tooth comb to really understand what he's saying about everybody. Like, instead of, like, instead of just saying, yeah, I was a lot better than everybody else in the group, he just says, played a solo on the oboe. I know, how weird. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> but my favorite part of this song, aside from maybe the lyric, Dumal got her like Inuyasha got Kagome. That's my favorite is, lyric in that that's song. That's great. My favorite part is at the end where he shouts out Mike Lazo, the senior executive uh, right. vice president in charge of Adult Swim at the time. I don't know if that's still true. I think he is. But he basically says, hey, Mike Lazo, let me know when Cartoon Network buys Hasbro because I want to make an MF Doom action figure. And if I do that now, they'll sue me for ripping off Destro, <laughs> yeah. the G.I. Joe character <laughs> with a metal head that they already make action figures for. <laughs> Which is an incredibly complex thing that flies by in like four bars. I know, I know. That's the thing. He, he, these lines are jam-packed, ladies and gentlemen. I really like that's so like typical of his work too. Like just these like really long free associative kind of like word salads. Yeah, I really definitely, love it. Definitely. It almost it almost ends up sounding like beat poetry or something. Well, he's very he's highly technical. He's very good at making large groups of words rhyme with other large groups of words, which is like that's something that Eminem is also really good at. But I I in general am really irritated by the kinds of bars that Eminem puts together like I find them to be kind of cheap and awfully hot coffee pot just yeah just a little bit irritating but but when Doom does it there's just something it's magical it's magical he's great we also saw Adele do that a lot on Deltron 3030 definitely that's his most technical record I think uh so this song ends with a skit of uh Master Shake the first voicemail from Master Shake. This is kind of like an ongoing thing where the character from Aqua Teen Hunger Force and Master Shake is leaving a series of voicemails like on Doom's phone asking to be... I think it's Danger Mouse's phone. Oh yeah, you're right. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Asking to be featured on this album, essentially. So the first one, he's just saying like, I'll do it. I'm ready. Give me a call. I'm ready to go. Yeah, like he's already, he feels like he's like, you know, he's like a, a sure thing. Of course they're going to want me on the album. And uh, I used to listen to a podcast by the voice actor of Master Shake, so it was good to hear him again. I saw the voice actor of Master Shake at a panel run by the dude who does um, Venture Brothers. Oh, very fun. At a Comic-Con once, yeah. Uh, and then we kick it off with the with what was, I believe, used as the single to promote this record, Trevor Sofa King. Sofa King. We Todd Ed. We Todd Ed, which is like an old like elementary school level trick you into saying something naughty. Uh, right. Repeat after me. I am Sofa King. We Todd Ed. Right. Discussion question. Can you say tuna sub backwards? <laughs> Let me see. I don't know this one. Uh, uh, bust a nut? <laughs> <laughs> This one's really cool. Like the beat goes really hard and I love the way Doom matches its energy. Me too. I really love this beat. And I think that this song is, is uh, it's almost like what I think it's about. I think it's almost like it started from the bottom. Like it's kind of like a look how far I've come kind of a song, you know? Yeah, I, I can I can get that vibe from it too. Yeah. So many just good like ideas and rhymes he's working with here. I love the part where he says uh, they came to ask him for at least some new tracks, but only, only got, got confronted, confronted by, by the beast with, with two backs. backs. And then he goes, knock. I want to talk to you about that lyric because let's keep going sure. in that lyric. So knock, okay. mouse is a made man, villain laid it down like the best laid plan. If you take all four of those lines together, Trevor, and really unpack them, it sounds like a story about record executives walking in on him and Danger Mouse fucking each other. Oh yeah, sure. Totally. I'm pretty sure that's what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. Guys, remember, <laughs> knock. Mouse is a made man and villain laid it down like the best laid plan. 
yeah, I don't know. I think I think that's fun. It could definitely be intentional. I could see Doom not being afraid to dive into homoeroticism in his lyrics. I'm I'm down with it. Yeah, not at all. I mean, I feel like you know projects like Gorillas and Danger Doom. There's a natural kind of homoeroticism <laughs> about them, right? Two Absolutely. men working really close together. Absolutely. They eventually start wearing each other's pants. <laughs> I love uh, I love the whole end <laughs> section, the the shock torture section where they're trying to get yeah, the secret so recipe. Let's, let's let's go through it a bit okay right so he he thinks about like if he could bottle the natural essence of danger doom and sell it but he goes no it'd be too dangerous the feds right. would want to know what the recipe is so then they capture uh danger mouse yes. not doom they capture danger mouse and try to torture it out of him. but he only knows and half he of the recipe he only knows half he, he only knows how to make the beats he doesn't know how to do the rap no speak of the english only do the math really good right and then they electrocute him to death and i i've always seen like the last like four bars or whatever as him just spouting nonsense me as too, he's me like too. frying to that it's really good it's this it's this really dense like four lines of of him slowly building up to i am sofa king we taught ed but like i jam over sting see spots red just like i always also saw that as danger mouse being electrocuted and just like babbling so good something that doom does on a lot of these tracks is like the first like two-thirds of the song like his verses will be very serviceable and like really good but then he'll ramp it up at the last minute like so far we've seen him go into that wacky thing about cartoon network buying hasbro (laughs) and now this song ends with danger mouse being interrogated and electrocuted really good really good yeah by the way let's just say there i don't think there is a bad beat on this record like the beats are so definitely the best like i feel like these are my favorite beats that doom has wrapped over yeah i think i think that you know what Madlib did on Mad Villainy is very interesting and unique and like so fits the mood of that record but just and like it's very Madlib just in terms of like clean catchy smart beat construction like this album was making me really upset that Danger Mouse hasn't really collaborated with a rapper since this album you know yeah like, I mean I would never like Danger Mouse's again as much as i liked him on here he's so good and this beat in particular like the phrase that is looping is so long and so complex and the way that it moves like wraps around the ideas that doom is putting off in such a nice way it, like it makes they work every together line, so well yes it makes every line feel like it just like has all this driving force behind it this is a great beat this is a great really beat. good this is probably top three for me it's almost there i didn't list it but it's but it's it's obviously very quality what is what are what's even going on here instrumentally? Are those like violas? It almost sounds like like uh like Venus and Furs at some point getting chopped up. Good question. Yeah, like uh, I I think that it is like some fiddle or something. You know, like there's some, really cool. It's very it is very cool. Next we've got the mask featuring Ghostface Killer. Ghostface Killer, who MF Grimm called him out in his diss song for saying that you used to talk shit about that guy and now you're rapping with them. Yeah, this was um this was probably <laughs> right before. Ghostface would have his 2006 album Fish Scale, yes. which uh, Doom contributed a lot of inst- uh, production to. Yes, and, and it's a really, really good Ghostface album. Really good record. Ghostface is like, honestly, maybe a top 10 rapper for me. He's great. He's he's, he's great. Uh, I think Raekwon probably is my favorite Wu-Tang member, but Ghostface is probably my number two. Yeah, okay. Uh, my my take on what the song is about is that like Doom and Ghostface are, are running scams on you, but you're too dumb to keep up with them. That's my... <laughs> Sure. That's my take on this. Did you know that this uh, song features some bass work by Mark Linkus, the late, the great Mark Linkus? I did Linkus see that it had some live bass going on in it. Yes, 
Sparkle Horse, rest in peace, Mark Linkus, uh, plays bass on this record. Very cool. And Danger Mouse would later go on to do a record with him. That's pretty cool. I think David Lynch was also involved in that one, too. He was. That's a cool record. Yeah. And, and, and you know, unfortunately had to be recontextualized by, by Mark Linkus's tragic demise. Uh, this beat is unreal, though. It's like a 70s superhero fight song. It's so driving and, and It would great. fit really well onto... Uh, onto Ghostface Killers like 2000 or 2001 album Supreme Clientele. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Work really well on that one. I really love um I, I like what Doom's doing a lot here too. He's dropping a lot of references to old like Hanna-Barbera and uh, Warner Brothers cartoons. Well, in particularly he shouts he shouts out like two classic Bugs Bunny scam gags like the how many lumps gag and the one for you two for me gag like uh, Right classic Bugs Bunny gets one over on you type things, which like, you know, plays into that motif of, of, of there's no, you can't, you can't outsmart this team of, of no good dicks, you know? These villains. These villains. We also get, we get Exit Stage Left, which is a quote from Snagglepuss, who's that <laughs> pink kind of cartoon Warner Brother, I mean, Hanna-Barbera cat, <laughs> yep. who DC Comics is right now rebooting as a kind of like gay Tennessee Williams character. I love that. I love that. Which is perfect. He would always say, heavens to Murgatroyd. <laughs> That's a really good snagglepuss. <laughs> Thank you. He's easy. Uh, then you got um, What in Tarnation, which is Yosemite Sam. What in Tarnation did you go and do that for? Yeah, he was the cowboy that would frequently antagonize Bugs Bunny. Get out of here, kid. You bother me, which is Foghorn Lakehorn. My favorite lyric on this uh, song, though, goes to Ghostface just for how, like, excited and nerdy he sounds when he's describing what his character in this song looks like. And he goes, half yep. a face of iron, the other half water looks like alien, alien science. science. He's so good on this one. I love the way he, like, double tracks his vocals and it's occasionally, like, serving as his own, like, hype man. Yeah, really good. Really good. This is really fun. It, it made me wish that that that, that long rumored Doom Ghostface collaboration album had actually come out. That's a real shame. Nothing ever happened with that. It, I would have loved that. It had that. a name too, and I don't remember what it was. But uh, say lovey, say lovey. The skit here is that we've got uh, Brack doing a really whack rap, and Zorak kind of making fun of him. Right. That rap is actually from an episode of the Brack Show, which I never watched. I, know I was not a Brack Show guy. It had its moments. I can't imagine wanting to watch it now. It sounds like it would be so annoying. There's a significant amount of Brack show on this album. <laughs> Brack's, Brack was a fan favorite back in the day. He was, he was. Next, though, this song is based on something I have absolutely no memory of. Perfect hair forever. I was not even aware that this was a thing at the time. I have no memory of this. I have no memory. I have no memory of this either. And because of this song, this week I went back and watched the pilot on YouTube. How was it? Terrible. It's not good. Okay. This song is also not very good. I don't think this is almost a skip for me. Yeah, this is one of the one of the the lesser cuts on the on the record. The beat's okay. Yeah, it's also just very short. Nothing really happens in it. I know what this song is about. This song is about the show Perfect About Hair. the show. Yeah, it's just him talking about the characters in the show and like making references to jokes from the show. Not the last time he would do it on the album, and I don't think this is the best time either. No, no it definitely isn't. Uh, I watched the, the pilot. It's like, a, it's like a parody anime show that's not funny at all. Yeah, I, I looked it up on wikipedia or no i looked at screen caps of it in the posts in like the comments on its like genius page and i was like no nah, i don't need to check this out my favorite part of the song though was the experience that i had when i got to the line even if it got even if him got them bomb weaving kanekalon 
uh, I was like, okay, Kanekalon must be another character from the show. So I Googled it. But no, it's it's a brand of weave. Huh. It's a brand of hair weave. And I was like, oh, you got me on that one. You learn something new every day when you're listening to MF Doom. There's a, there's a lot of very technically adept rapping on this song, but it's hard to say that I get any enjoyment out of the song because it's like yeah. based on the subject that I don't care about at all, you know? But the reason, Trevor, that that he singled out this obscure seven-episode Perfect Hair Forever uh, show is that he did a voice on the show. He played Sherman the Dinosaur on this show. Oh, interesting. Huh. So that's why it gets such a showcase on this album, even though, like, even at the time, it was kind of not on anybody's radar. I do like how generally friendly he is with Adult Swim. Like, remember when he used to, like, do these little, like, Christmas specials for them? Maybe it only happened once a year. Always great. Uh, This is also where we get the second... Master Shake voicemail. This is the, are you in the shower? You must be in the shower. You're in the shower. Are you in the shower? Oh, yeah. He's, Dana Snyder's voicemails, I think, are really funny on this record, especially the last one. And I love that. I love thinking about this as like um, a power move on Danger Mouse's part because he's getting all these voicemails like telling him, I want to be on the album. And he doesn't put him on the album. He puts these voicemails on the album. He puts the, the voicemails on. It's very funny. Like, it's really a funny and kind of nasty <laughs> thing to do, like, in the mindset that these two characters actually do exist in the same universe. Definitely. And then we move into what I what feels like an attempt to make, like, a proper single for this record. Right. Box. Box. I think that it's pretty clear that this out this song is kind of about like today's rappers not measuring up to doom's standard you know right and we should say um we got CeeLo on the hook i don't love this later... hook at all i don't love this i hook. think i think it's a lot of fun to hear CeeLo singing about mf doom it's like imagine damon singing a hook about like tom york yes. on a radiohead song it feels like it feels like a good argument for why doom generally avoids hooks <laughs> yeah this is like along with november has come this is like the most commercial sounding song i've ever heard mf doom on and and the problem is is that like the hook can't really play off of what doom's talking about because again doom is like deep in his own world and like coming up with a thing for CeeLo to sing that would reflect what doom is rapping about is impossible well, poetry he's got plenty poetry he's got plenty here he goes okay i'm out of the yeah. way now yeah i don't know I, I, I don't i think the beat's cute it's a little bit like stilted a lot of the other tracks well like pretty much all the other tracks i think sound very sample driven and like this almost sounds like it's all original instrumentation yeah and it's not it's not as like i don't know funky is the word it's not as bouncy as a lot of the stuff on this record. it's a little more sterile yeah this almost sounds like it could have been could have made its way onto broken bells that project uh Danger Mouse did with James Mercer. Yeah, from the good shins. point. Good point. Yeah, I could hear James Mercer singing over this. I want to. I want to single out the little bars here about uh, about Subrock Doom's brother. Um, right, his late brother. Yeah. So Doom, when when Doom was in Zev Love X, he was one of the three members was Subrock. His brother Subrock got hit by a car uh, and killed and. Like, Doom retired, came out of retirement as MF Doom. It was, like, a big part of his transformation into this character. There's a whole MF Doom backstory that, like, like I assume we'll save all that stuff for, like, the MF Doom episode. Probably. Or something, right? Uh, yeah. So, you know, this is non-fictional. Doom actually had... Dev, Daniel Dumoulay had a brother who died. Yeah. And this is an, a really interesting bar about him. He goes, word to El Muerto, Cucaracha, Exoskeleton... He know flow like interstellar wind. Toa wrapped Jin by his toe into hell again. Uh, so El El Muerto Cucaracha Exoskeleton. So Dead Roach uh, was one of Subrock's like many monikers. Um, 
So he's saying like, word up to my my brother Sabrak. Uh, his flow is like an interstellar wind. And now he's saying he tows a rap gin by his toe into hell again. So I like the idea of like- Which is so badass. That's fucking badass. He imagines his dead brother like dragging shitty rappers down to hell. Very cool. <laughs> really cool. <laughs> Very cool. He also shouts out uh, Gwendolyn Brooks, the first black poet to win the Pulitzer Prize. But of course in like- um. In typical MF Doom fashion, he just doesn't mention her. He just says, maybe bit the tender, skinned babysitter Gwendolyn. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> yeah. No skit. No skit on this uh, this track. I feel like they were really going for single here. Which is, they didn't, it wasn't released as one, was it? No, no. Weird. This this album is very weirdly sequenced, Trevor, because this was like our big hooky moment. And then our second big hooky moment comes right up next. And we're like in the middle of the record. It's very weird. Right, old school rules with Telequeli. This is top three for me. I think I think these these boys are playing off each other really nicely. This one is a lot of fun, and especially uh, Telequeli's verse is like kind of pretty lighthearted for him. For but sure. He's also he he does a lot of creative stuff. Like I love how he ends his verse with uh he draws on anything for inspiration and Tattoo like uh, walls on a train station. I like that stuff. That's good. It, 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 this is really about both of these men thinking back to when they were kids and like how the world was different and the kind of things that they used to do. Uh, and, you know, kind of using that as a lens to look at how things have changed. Right, and analyze the current rap scene, which they both find, you know, lacking. Like, one of my other favorite lyrics is Taleb Quilly saying, like, in order to spit it dope, you gotta have a criminal past that's similar to the cast of Different Strokes. And then in some parallel writing, later, Doom says, since when lyrical skills had to do with killing a cat, what type of chitl- chitlins is that? So they kind of, like... They're very on the same wavelength. Yeah, they were on the same wavelength there. I love the whole first part of Doom's verse, where he's, fellas, grab your nuts, chick squeeze your breastuses, and then he's like, I know that that seems... That seems childish but i'm still that childish i still find these things funny i love the way he ends his verse too the super villain has the bad hydrophonics whoever will in a ride provide raw chronic really good really good yeah these are the only two songs on this album with proper hooks and they're right next to each other yeah this one also sounds like it would like it was designed with being a single in mind i don't love the hook on this one either oh i like the hook on this one i like roll that rap over soul loops like that i like that yeah maybe it's just worn on me i love the sample though with those horns yeah i know that from the the classic like 1970s coming attraction bumper that you will sometimes see in like quentin tarantino movies or whatever he'll put that in front of yeah i my first exposure to it was when quentin tarantino threw it in like um i think his grindhouse uh double feature with uh who was the other guy that did that with him uh it was uh robert uh rodriguez rodriguez yeah and i had already heard this album uh before i saw that and i was like oh hey that's danger dude (laughs) right on yeah uh okay now that we've we've listened to two uh, you know maybe failed attempts at at making a commercial or pop song on this record let's leave that all the way behind for this next track ATHF <laughs> like the deepest adult swim steep song on wow. here probably wow. along with perfect hair yeah <laughs> this song so is- we got a very long opening skit here yeah with the with Meatwad like kind of talking some trash hip hop style and Carl like trying to rap and Carl not being too into it he's like where's the keyboard and the tambourines and stuff white you know, people the like. stuff white people like yeah 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 and then I love the way that Doom comes in on this song so this song there's no getting around it like this song is about Aqua Teen Hunger Force 
Right, it's just Doom <laughs> describing each of the members of the team and what they do. With some, like, deep, kind of. With some deep, deep cuts, because, like, Frylock's chat client on his computer is called Instant Pestering. Or, like, yeah. in one episode, they mentioned that Shake is a pistachio-flavored milkshake. So, like, he's referencing these things. He must just be a fucking huge, nerdy fan of the show. Is he, or did Adult Swim give him, like, a brief? Maybe, but why would those things be? In? But anyway, I don't know. Even, I don't know. It's just though, how did this happen? Even though the subject of the song is like, you know, it's so nerdy and it's and it's so like specific, the rapping is so fucking good. Like, it's just a lot of fun hearing him rap about this stuff. Yeah, you could call him Live Wire Eye Sockets Frylock. Fucking crazy good rapping on this. On His this name thing. rhymes with Mike. <laughs> is that the only time he doesn't get censored on this album we haven't mentioned that this oh, is yeah, a clean yeah, yeah. record right so yeah by design like they thought it would be funny to do lots of bleeping uh yeah. to make it sound like a cable television show and then uh, other times he'll kind of do the miss Susie thing where he'll almost say a bad word but then i'll say a different word you know which is always fun always he fun. loves doing that stuff he really likes doing that on this record. Although he kind of frequently does it here to avoid saying some really like nasty homophobic things. <laughs> that's true, but I guess it that's better on more than, than one occasion. Them. But I mean, I'm glad he. I'd rather <laughs> him, you know, not say that stuff and say too. it. Me too. But I love, yeah. I love when that beat drops in and he goes, "Howdy, danger! Must oblige for the beat, dog." That's so good. That's so yeah. much fun. But I mean, this is like the the, the focus here is intense. Like. This is just about Aqua Teen Hunger Force. It's not about anything else. At one point, he talks about getting a tattoo of their logo on his penis. And, and then it cuts to the uh, like the sample from the theme song. Number one in the hood, G. Yep. Are you, um, are you aware of the origins of Aqua Teen Hunger Force? I, I know that they appeared on Space Coast Coast to Coast in, like a, in a very you know unfinished form they were radically different except for meatwad meatwad was the same character right master shake and frylock were very different it's one of my it's honestly one of my favorite episodes of space ghost it's it's like uh online on youtube in its entirety i totally recommend everybody go watch it it's right really good it's called baffler meal after after the opening skit you also get the third shake voicemail here where he's like apologizing for a message that we haven't heard where he's like mm -hmm. that wasn't about you so like apparently he left him a really nasty voicemail and he's like calling back to apologize for the voicemail he's like that was about something else and i'm sorry i apologize etc cetera, etc cetera. now that i have apologized profusely probably, probably too, too much. much uh then we get this uh, this other like still fairly entrenched in a specific like adult swim ip but also kind of has its own narrative happening song basket case right yeah dooms verses are kind of pretty divorced from the harvey birdman concept but there are a lot of samples going on i think that they're connected i think this is about doom you know awaiting trial in a dungeon in like an asylum right, but i mean that's not necessarily like harvey birdman you know this is just about doom being imprisoned somewhere for you know committing his villainous crimes which i believe is a like a donut related skirmish i think he stole some donuts <laughs> well he he just says that he's on trial for being a drunken lush and bad as hell <laughs> right but then later he says like somebody grabbed the last munchkin and he attacked them so that yeah, they had to scoop him up <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> There's lots of asylum imagery here. A lot of padded mm -hmm. walls and straight jackets. And uh, Harvey Birdman was a weird show, man. Harvey Birdman was like a Hanna Barbera. All the Han Hanna Barbera properties of like you know Boo Boo Bear is on is on trial and Harvey Harvey 
Birdman has to try to get him off, you know? Right. It was a funny show, though. I think it had a lot of good episodes. Definitely very funny. And it builds to, I think, the best skit on the album, which is Doom, like, as himself on the stand. Is That's fucking hilarious. He's so good. That is pretty good. Yeah. Where, where he's, like, trying to get, he's trying to defend himself in court, like, very inarticulately going, going, like, uh, I move for immediate dismissal on grounds that uh, just because just someone wears a mask, wears they wear a mask, mask it doesn't, doesn't mean you did nothing. The mask doesn't mean they did, did something. <laughs> Very funny. Very funny. Very good. Very good. I like, uh, I really like the end of uh, his second verse in this song. Uh, refresh me. Well, the whole second verse in particular is like really good. Like, um, one of the best parts is now they got me down near the dungeon nurses all arguing over who's to do the sponge in which that's can be read great. in one of two ways <laughs> yeah that's what i was thinking either they're arguing to see because none of them want to do it or they all want to do it and what's yeah. funny is doom raps as both versions of himself sometimes he's a hideous monster and sometimes he's like a smooth mac daddy so it could be it could be either way you know i really like rappers is like space cadets yapping be quiet and that's an order ship your daughters to my quarters at once <laughs> Pretty that's good. really good villain man in the mask spit in the face show him where to go inside a hand basket case that's, Ooh, that's fun great. too yeah that's really also good, good. Yeah. Then we got some more samples from the show. One is um, from a character, Myron Reducto, who is voiced by Stephen Colbert. Anyway, best case, yeah, it's fun. It's 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 a little bit more conceptual than than ATHF, which is just kind of like very stream of consciousness. A literal. You know? Yeah. Next, we've got No Names, which is a track, which is a track about um, C Lab twenty twenty one, which used recycled footage from an old seventies Hanna Barbera cartoon, C Lab twenty twenty. I think the song is about women. I think the song is about sexual politics and like how women can be hard to relate to or hard to understand or hard to to get along with um which doom kind of illustrates through uh descriptions of his attempts to pick up girls yeah exactly uh there's actually one there's one <laughs> lyric that i find to be like pretty chauvinist but also like so funny that i want to i want to share it with you uh, sure. where he's like show love to others we all brothers like the bgs all except the broads and you Hold your applause. They break God's laws, and who play? Who pays? The taxpayer. That's who. <laughs> well, like, were you looking? Did you like read a, a little into the lyrics and like um see that this was supposed to be all except the broads and you gays? No, I think you is the is the shitty rapper that he's talking about at the beginning. Right, but he also does that thing where like you know he drops out the word that he that you think is going to be there that rhymes with the next one so it would be all except the broads and you gays hold your applause they break god's laws and who pays so there is that potential angle <laughs> but the, yeah. by you gays i think he's talking about the rappers i think he's like using some some outdated bullshit homophobia to insult bad rappers you know sure okay um, but you know he's he's on the attack again against whack rappers you know smack off his tattoos uh there is a really good Miss Susie style self-censor on the song, though. The uh, you have to find a new hen fight to drink your lick. Ten years later, see how ends it'll shrink your wallet. Wallet, really good. Really I like good. that one a lot. It is interesting though that the C Lab uh, sample, the twenty twenty one, or is it twenty twenty? I can't remember. Twenty twenty one. The original show is twenty twenty. That's right. So the the sample is like about race and race relations, right? And racial awkwardness, but then the 
song is like very much about men and women and that yeah, it doesn't kind of doesn't quite connect although i mean they are they do start off talking about like women you know debbie thinks this is all about right. her biological clock right exactly yeah i really love the deliberate the uh the delivery from these guys on this one black debbie black debbie really good whoa 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 <laughs> really why good, is she yeah. black not in a bad way right just yeah. tell them apart because she's black black <laughs> Very funny. The end. The end skit is good too. You know, like Dr. Dre. East side. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> this is an interesting song, and and it was like it's a little problematic. Doom isn't always on the cutting edge of social politics. Uh, He's a villain. He's a villain. He definitely is a villain. But this was an interesting song to unpack when I started started to see the through line of like you know men and women and doom and women and how he doesn't always get it to work out so well for himself <laughs> right yeah can we move on to my favorite beat on this album this is this sick beat Dylan. oh my god shit. this is my number two this is my second favorite song hey, on the record me too. This, is, this is number two on the record for me too awesome. crosshairs like danger mouse kills it on this one sick i want the instrumental really bad because honestly i do think that doom does like good work on here but it's kind of more of the same in a way uh this is a lot of just like free associative no real running theme through it although he does get off a lot of good rhymes and i want to read some just because i love the way he rolls through them here again it's like it's towards the end do you mind if i just go into it a bit yeah please come clean a bunch of dumb mean cream puffs a keen drum machine buff who fiends for more green stuff oh yeah you instead missed, of i love the lyric that sets that bit up too where he goes snag a bragger by his mic cord and leave him holding the bag that's also great that anyway, is good yeah, yeah. In, instead of starving there be problems by the goo gobs i somebody's robbing lou dobbs them tonight and he's on the next flight moonbound and makes it a point to stay away from the goon pound got some peers that's gone in the lost years tears and cheers born in the crosshairs like great and during that part of the verse too the bass is like doing the solo that's like really yeah. out there i uh, love the way like the music kind of i love the music behind when he goes and he's on the next flight moonbound yeah. it sounds so like noirish and kind of like just really good really good boys come on so yeah. good so good great synergy between these guys i would say that this is another song that's more or less about like if you're a whack rapper like doom's coming for you you know like yeah and it's just about him doing villainous things like he talks about getting a hand job in a movie theater he does <laughs> but mostly this is just like what a what a showcase for danger mouse and like this beat goes in so many unexpected directions and like right the, it's all sampled from one song though it's uh don harper's thoughtful popper but just like cut up in the most fascinating ways you know? yeah and sped up a little bit it's really really good super super good uh mm -hmm. another great track up next in my opinion although the beat is not my favorite uh mince meat i don't i don't love this one that much i actually really like all three verses that doom gets through on this the the beat kind of sounds like a rizzle leftover for me like i'm not super into this beat um, right and i feel like this is almost kind of the equivalent to mastermind from deltron where the mc is just kind of shouting out to the uh the producer no i i disagree i think that there's actually really? i think there's an arc here i think i think that this is tracing doom's like criminal journey to becoming a master mc like i think the first verse is about slinging drugs on the corners the second verse is about doing smashing grabs and then like the third verse is about you know supporting yourself with your own rhymes and and growing into this like adept mc uh who who can you know cover himself without having to to dip into the pot anymore i could i could see that definitely yeah that's I pretty cool if there's a thesis bar on this album it's the last bar on this this song it's uh 
Alfred Daffy Duck Bucks Porky Pig Paper Bugs Bunny Money of Sylvester's Cat Caper Off of that tape of Rap Country A Deep House And I'll make mince me Out of that beat mouse So really good, good. You know what I mean, though, where it feels like it sounds like this feels like it's explicitly about danger doom. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's it's yeah. about the two of them doing crimes, <laughs> but it does have that great uh, Ionic Breeze Quadra shout out, which was like a, a infomercial that was omnipresent in my childhood. The the Ionic Breeze Quadra really clears the air. Was a, was like a mainstay of late night television, so it was funny to hear it shouted out. Makes you feel like you're watching TV. Speaking of focus, this next song definitely has it. Right. This is, yeah, Vats of Urine. Behold, it's about pee. Yep, everybody's talking about pistols. Gats is boring. Came with a new topic to flip you. Vats of Urine. I like how even though this song is just about pee, he still gets a little dig into the state of modern rap in there, you know? And it's like, he's, he serves up some pretty little, pretty, some interesting trivia, you know, like it's sterile. So if you're ever dehydrated, you can drink it to survive. Stay, some say digestible, even edible. If you were stranded right. out to sea, alone and in trouble, survive dehydration, guzzle your own cupful. And someday you may even show your son how to use it to make potassium nitrate for gunpowder. Which apparently is a thing you can actually do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so this all, this song also heavily features the Moonanites, who are two really annoying characters from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yeah, they kind, like of like, uh, kind of look like space invaders. Space invaders. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, the, the grimy and gross side of Doom's whole brand is kind of an underrated part of the package, you know? And I feel like... Mm -hmm. Because of that, this is quite playlistable. Like, if you were making a, a Best of Doom playlist, this could definitely go on it, you know, and, and feel right I disagree with you there. I would probably never listen to this song outside of the project. Oh, no, I think it's really fun. I think it's really fun. I think it, I think it's classic MF Doom to, like... They, one thing he has in common with Weird Al is that every now and then he'll do this. He'll, like, pick a subject like Weird Al would do with Pancreas or something, and he'll yeah. literally the song with everything he can think to tell you about that thing you know that you there's songs like that throughout his oeuvre and this is definitely in that in that grand tradition i think the song's really fun i think it's very much like on message on brand for him i like that it's got that gross out humor but it's also quite elevated in that there's a lot of really <laughs> smart ideas in it you know like he, i'll still take this over like perfect hair like, definitely, definitely definitely i don't know i like the song i think it's funny and weird next though is my favorite song on the record space hose <laughs> you and me both this is our favorite so song on the record good. so good space ghost is space ghost coast to coast is so important to me okay for sure like when i was like probably like 13 or 14 um one of my dad's coworkers gave him like this VHS tape of Space Ghost Coast to Coast episodes. Right. And like, I feel like, you know, some younger members of the Gorillaz fandom probably aren't familiar with VHS tapes. So like, do you remember how they had this feature where like you could like record either like four hours or like 16 hours on them or something? Right, but, but like, like if you chose to do the long one, the would quality really would shitty. get worse and worse. Yeah, yeah. I had a VHS tape that had like every single episode of Space Ghost Coast to Coast <laughs> in really... <laughs> terrible quality and i would just watch it over and over and over again yeah my memory of this show trevor was that when coast to coast was on when it was like week to week on my ex-stepfather my mom's second husband would watch it with me in retrospect i now realize that he would like go get really high and then come watch space Ghost coast to coast with me and okay. like it was the perfect level of like it was funny to a 30 year old stoned man and, you know, an, an eight or nine year old kid, yeah. weirdo kid. But to be honest, this, this song is great. 
But once he gets past all of the Space Ghost stuff, it gets amazing. Like right when he just starts really doing the like rapid fire like pop culture references and stuff like that. So incredible. So what the song is about is it like it imagines a frustratingly tantalizing parallel Earth in which Doom hosts a late night talk show on a. Can you swim. imagine? Yes. Like yes, I oh, can. I can absolutely I would, imagine. I would kill for that. <laughs> and and that's why got, I like this song so much. He's got Madlib playing the Zorak role and Danger Mouse playing the Moltar role. Uh, oh my god and like it's just so good it's so good like so good. it becomes a tornado of references by the end <laughs> it's of the song really good oh man like i don't even know what my favorite part is like i don't every, know that whole the whole like, like next what who we have on next week section is amazing where he's like uh, father guido sardici father mc charo he shots at james silent bob at one point like that's so good yep. when it comes to rec cruises like them dudes in shred shirts off star trek that's a great diss <laughs> really good hey this is where he almost drops the homophobic f-bomb but then he but then he stops short of it uh right right yeah almost calls uh, calls space ghost a terrible thing but then he, he he thinks better of himself uh you know it's interesting there is that one bit where he goes mad lives switch the beat and walk him to the desk uh there is a Mad Lib version of this song with a Mad Lib. It's not as it. good though. It I was a little good. disappointed. It is yeah. good. I think it was originally released on that like um, Danger Doom Two project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was a yeah. kind of a false advertising. Yeah. There's a couple <laughs> remixes from this one. Uh, There's like, a really fucking uh, good one of Sofa King. I love that Sofa King one. That beat. I don't for love Sofa that King. one a lot. The, the, I think it's great. I, I don't really a totally different take it, on those on like the flow of that song. That's really fun. Yeah, it didn't work as well for me, but like I really like the El Chupanibre remix because what Doom does there is he's almost like paraphrasing his verse from the original. So like it'll be like three lines from the original, but then he'll go off into like five that are different and yeah, like three cool. that are just kind of weird variations on the original ones. That works really well for me. What about that really obscure Detective Conan anime reference on this song? Where <laughs> that, oh my God, I've never caught that before. Like It's just but, a shame I'm zoning, competing for the same primetime slot as Conan. No dummy, Ejigawa. <laughs> that blew the back of my head out. Like I was like, what? The, holy shit. Like at first I thought it was just a joke about the fact that yeah, so you know, Space Ghost was on at the same time as like these, these other guys exactly but damn like, but he's actually that, saying that he wants the detective conan time slot on adult swim because conan edigawa is the lead very very deep shit <laughs> very deep <laughs> but one of my favorite things about the song is its placement on the record because it really does feel like like the culminating track yeah, you know, I, and it's I almost great feel that, like this could have been the the closer. The only it, reason for many, it it almost feels like that. This is almost kind of like the sign off before we get the actual closer. Like I feel like Mad Villain kind of worked in Mad Villainy. That album kind of worked in the same way, where the album was over before it was actually over. Here's the problem. The only problem with the song when they let Dana Snyder like start ad libbing these Master Shake. Uh, voicemails where he's slowly coming unraveled. Dana Snyder is great at that, and he does a really funny performance. George Lowe's improv improvising at the end of the song kind of sucks. It sounds so stilted, but I mean that almost works considering how stilted Space Goes Coast to Coast was. You that's know? true. That's true. That's true. But but if if not for that little ending skit, like this could have closed the album proper, in my opinion. 
And it's great that they save, I think, Space Ghost for last, because that was, you know, in many ways, this was where Adult Swim started. We haven't really touched on it much throughout the album so far, you know, on an album that's about Adult Swim. We had a little bit of Zorak earlier. We had a little bit of Brack. Yeah, but to have, like, the Space Ghost song come in at, like, basically the 11th hour feels like such kind of, like, a nice, like, hallowing of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I feel you there. I feel you there. Like, let's save space goes for the curtain call, and it works super well. And then I guess the I guess the the proper clear the lobby music would be Bada Bing, the last track. On yeah, this, like uh, this is almost like kind of like the rhinestone cowboy of the album for like for anyone who's familiar with uh, Mad Villainy. This almost just kind of sounds like Doom being tired after a long day of doing villainy. Really good opening bars though. Not a lot of bling when he do the thing. Bada boom, bada bing. From the womb to the tomb, get that ricotta, bada bing, bada boom. Very good. And I really like uh, the imagery of like him being uh, interrogated, kind of like, doom, your reputation precedes you. Wait till you crack and see what we do, you dweeb you. Very good. It almost sounds like the people who electrocuted Danger Mouse have finally gotten their hands on doom. But then it focuses in on this like very disturbing story about doom losing his virginity by like paying off this girl's father with a bag of cocaine. <laughs> and like fully calling him a pimp for his daughter and like she's walking around on streets with pumps now it's a very it takes a very weird turn <laughs> very strange i don't quite exactly i don't exactly understand why it goes there but i mean he's a super villain he's a super villain i guess i guess this, and also he's a very stream of consciousness kind of rapper so it's just sort of yep his brain takes you on a journey this ends with the with the fourth shake voicemail the the you suck i hate you voicemail which is very this is like i think this is the best one it's such it's such a good performance to turn around when he's like but if there is another project in the future please consider me yeah it works really well <laughs> very good that's not that's not the very end of the no, album though, because, because then, after afterwards we get a final little verse from meat Walk. yeah he does the opening verse of beef rap from mm food which is one of my favorite songs on on mm food very cool to hear meat Wad kind of terribly attempting yeah. to do this first <laughs> that was a really nice inclusion it's almost like we can tell like what a big fan of adult swim mf doom is here's adult swim saying we're a fan of mf doom too yeah exactly it's, it's like that's totally how i read it too like just just so you yeah. know this is a two-way street kind of a thing you know yeah yeah i don't know you guys that hearing us talk about this album might not have let you know why it's so brilliant and why you should definitely go listen to it um absolutely should i love this record this is one of my favorite rap albums i'm like i just gotta say it i love it so much it's just there's nothing like it and i will say right now the beat for crosshairs is maybe a top 10 hip-hop beat of all time for me i love that beat so fucking much so I love the beat much. from Space Hose just as much too. That's a great I one really too. Love it's, that got, one. it's good. It's like elevatory, but in a really cool way. Yeah. Uh, but crosshairs are just like it's 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 fucking diabolical. I can't even explain it's flames. it. Flames, it's flames. It gets this week's Taylor Swift this sick beat award. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, I wish that I wish that Danger Mouse would go back to producing albums for MCs, especially like nowadays. There are a lot of MCs who I think would have really interesting partnerships with him. You know, in 2017, who I'd love to see him work with for sure. Uh, you know, I mean, it's another Gorillaz collaborator, but right off the bat, I'd love to see what Danny Brown and Danger Mouse would do together. That would be that'd fascinating. Be, that'd be great. You know, I'd be so much more interested in hearing that than like Danger Mouse producing for you too. Which I get it. He's a he's a rock star producer now. He's a celebrity yeah. producer. He does these big, yeah. high profile gig, gigs. But like, 
I want another one of these inscrutable fucking weird ass hip hop albums from this guy. And I got to say, I didn't listen to those songs that MF Doom put out for Adult Swim this summer. Or did you follow that? I did. I followed it week to week and I thought some of them were great. Right, but you are aware how of, of how it ended, right? No, I don't remember the ending of the the drama of it. Something happened and the end of the project got canceled and Adult Swim and MF Doom are no longer working together. Yikes. Yeah. Well, Maybe it's telling that like the 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 album copy of this I have begins with Brack saying Adult Swim presents Danger Doom, but the Spotify version cuts that and just says why did you buy this album? I don't know why. Okay. Okay, wait. We forgot to talk about this when we went into El Chupanibri. Does it really say that on your physical copy? Yeah, Adult Swim presents Danger Doom. Because it didn't say that on my physical copy. Yeah, my copy, first blessing does. And it didn't say that on any of the physical copies that I was able to find online. The only place I found it was on some YouTube uploads. No, yeah, my, my CD copy begins with Brack saying Adult Swim presents Danger Doom. That's so weird. Mine always just started with, why'd you buy this album? You're stupid. I don't know. I don't know the story there. Great record, though. And like, you know, to, to speak, I know we, I got distracted to speak back on that thing with uh, MF Doom doing those songs for Adult Swim. I didn't listen to any of them. I'm, I do need to go check them out. I wish you would turn in verses this good again. I haven't heard... I don't think he would ever rap at this level again following this. I agree. What was the what was the album he made Born Like This? Was that the was that the big Born one? Born Like This was just like bleh. And then he did that JJ Doom collaboration. Not great. Not great. Not not great. Step it up. Step it up, Doom. You I know? think he tried to get back into this mode on that song Batty Boy about how Batman is gay from that uh album that he made Born Like This, but like it felt so forced. Like it didn't have the it didn't nearly have the the effortless like tornadic charm of this record and i think yeah. that like the thing that makes this album so weird like aside from the fact that it's so it's so rooted in this programming block on this obscure stoner network from the mid 2000s is that it also serves as you know MF Doom's hip hop state of the union address. Like it's also his calling out of, of kind of post gangster bling pop hip hop, you know, put in a blender with this cartoon imagery. It just makes it a flavor that doesn't exist on any other album. Yeah. It's him recruiting a bunch of cartoons to say, Hey, you guys are the ones who are two dimensional and whack. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Works really well. And then next week, Trevor, we're going to look at another of one of my, one of my favorite albums of that decade. Uh, the another Danger Doom produced album, as a matter of fact, Trevor. It's one of your favorite albums of the decade. I mean, I like the good, the bad, and the queen as much as the next guy, but I don't know if I'd put it that high. <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't know if it's because of the quality of the production or because of the role that it played in my life at the time, but uh, we'll have to get into it next week. We'll talk about it next week. Damon Albarn and and Demon Days producer Danger Mouse, as well as Plastic Beach band members uh, Paul Simonin and uh, and then I believe also Simon Tong. There right? Isn't he also? Yep. And then guitar? Tony Allen rounding things out on the drums. So very Gorillas uh, uh, adjacent. The Good, the Bad, and the Queen self titled album, or is the band untitled? How does that work, Trevor? We'll talk about it next week. I do really <laughs> like this project, so I'm psyched. Very. But until then, why it. don't you tell everybody where they can find us? And all that stuff absolutely you can find us on twitter and facebook and instagram and amino and tumblr shout out to stew pot for running our youtube page she's awesome check us out on youtube and say hi to stew pot while you're there uh 
you should send us an email to hallelujahmonkeys at gmail.com. You should join our Discord. That's discord.me slash monkeys with a Z. And thank you so much to those of you who have decided to contribute to the show. Patreon.com slash hallelujahmonkeys. You guys are the best. Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't turn this podcast off. Stay tuned until after the outro to hear a brand spanking new exclusive song from Logass versus Gorillas, The Terminal. You don't want to miss it. Right, but uh, that's all for us for now. So uh, for now, I've been Trevor Ickraft. I've been Dylan Flynn. And until next week, don't get lost in heaven. Spooky demo. (laughs) Felt no pain. His brain was saturated with cocaine and Rogaine. He said, try scam, no thing, three card dead, fly man, go for bling, he got bled, I jam, over sting, see spots red, I am sofa king, we, we taught Ed, we taught Ed, now repeat all, very fast, please, I, I am sofa king, faster, I am sofa king, we taught Ed, no, not so fast, loses meaning, I am sofa king, we taught Ed, you say, funny thing,